Hello, I'm Daniel Sketchler. And I'm Callum Byrne. We've been friends for more than 10 years, sharing lifelong passions such as film and music. But most importantly, football, through the ups and the downs, the celebration and the heartbreak. However, he's a blue nose. And he's a villain. This is the Second City Podcast. Uh, we are back week 16, we think this is. Uh, we were just trying to work it out. In our- yeah, that is a rough guess. <laughs> That's a rough guess. I think it's 16. Um, how are you, Carl? You're good? I'm pretty good, mate. I'm pretty, pretty good. How about yourself? Yeah, not bad. Thank you. Tired, man. Tired. Been, been busy. A lot of work and stuff leading up to Christmas. But um, Is your tree up yet? Yeah. It's not, no. So we have a double birthday in the house on um, the 13th. So it's like an unwritten rule that before then you can't, uh, the Christmas decorations can't really go up before then. Have you? Have you? You might be able to see some of the Christmas lights just behind oh, yeah, me that yeah, are I in can, the window. Actually, yeah. Um, yeah. The tree the tree is up. It is right behind my laptop, but I'm not going to destroy my setup to show you. Off the page. <laughs> no. Um, no, fair enough. It's proper uh, winter weather now, though, isn't it? It's absolutely tipping it down now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. well, the winter weather I'd argue was last week when it was minus five. True. True. I actually, yeah. In comparison, I don't like. It's absolutely tipped it down here all day. I actually don't mind it in comparison to the the cold last week. I, oh god. I I swing. I, I don't. I don't mind this sort of rain because it's seven degrees out there, so it's not that cold. Mm. But yeah, yeah. Sometimes, exactly. sometimes when it's like you go outside and it's frosty and you've got that sort of crisp cold and the sun's out, I actually quite like that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Fair enough. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll see. It Fair was cold in at Villa Park on Thursday night. That was oh, really yeah, it was, cold. It was pretty nippy at St Andrews on Saturday as well. I can't lie. Um, uh, but yeah, so this week, as usual, we'll start with what we're wearing, uh, and then we'll get into. Uh, we both had both Blues and Villa played twice this week. Obviously, Villa played in Europe as well. So we'll get into all that and a bit of housekeeping as usual. I'm going to talk about the Blues open house stuff that obviously has been going around on social media lately that we teased last week as well yeah we teased it yeah so um we shall fulfill that promise and then we'll look forward to uh, our upcoming games this week as well um if that sounds good to you Callum sounds good to me cool um should we get into what we're wearing then so um as always I'll wear a blue shirt Callum wears a villa shirt we just talk about our memories of, of that time and that season and so on uh do you want to go first Callum or should I um I think I've been guessing or talking first in the last couple of episodes. So I think we'll let you go first this week, Dan. And because right. I think I've got a good idea uh, of when this shirt might be. Sure. So, I mean, so a, look at that sponsor. I have yeah. never seen that sponsor in my life. <laughs> uh, this is the, for anyone listening, uh, this is the uh, home. Uh, the sponsor is Rational. Rush, Xtep is the, spot, is the uh. kit maker. Uh, Rational FX is the. Uh, the sponsor, the shirt sponsor, Rational FX Zend Pay, I think it says. Um, yeah. I yeah, think we had an FX sponsor around this time, and I have no idea what they did. <laughs> no, no idea. This is a phase when we seem to change sponsor every season as well. So you did wear an XTEP shirt. I say a few weeks ago, it was probably more like two yeah. months ago. Yeah, um, ago. but it only it was only a few episodes ago, really. Um, so, I, which would have been your 10-11, the year you got relegated. So, I'm going to go with 11-12, because I don't think I've recognised that sponsor. So, it'd be the year after and a championship kit. 
bang on. Someone's done their homework. Yeah, bang on. <laughs> Absolutely spot on. Um, yeah, so this was uh, 2011, 12 uh, kit. It might even be on... So behind me here, I've got... Um, it's like a piece of art of like famous blues kits. And shirts through here. the years. Yeah, shirts through the years. Just done there. Um, pretty pretty famous season. So it is weird though because we... So yeah, it's 2011. So I was 14. And this was the last kit I got my name on the back. So oh, let's four, see that. 14 when I got this kit. It's really alarming that it, it just about fits me still. This kit is 12 years old and it still just about fits me. I don't know how well you can see the shirt. On the oh, yeah. The championship. Or oh, the football league. Lettering yes. sketchly 14 on the back. Yeah, so I was... Um, yeah, last time I got my name on the back. Um, but yeah, 2011. So we'd just been relegated and there was a lot of kind of... You know, Carson Young, the whole thing Carson Young started where he, he was arrested and so on and all the financial difficulties and then McLeish left to go to Villa. That was a really, really hectic summer and I think a lot of people were feeling very down about this season going into it. But it turned into like one of our best seasons ever. Like just one of our most memorable, how the club kind of resurrected itself even if it was just for a year. Um, so Chris Hewton came in. Um, we had loads of great players come in like uh, Chris Burke, uh, Chris Wood came in on loan from West Brom, uh, Wade Elliott, Stephen Caldwell, and then other players like Curtis Davis and David Murphy, who were already at the club, really kind of stepped up, Nathan Redmond. Um, and yeah, so we started kind of the season kind of sluggishly, but in the new year, we just went on this like insane, insane run. Like just everything clicked all of a sudden. Um, and yeah, we beat... I think it was Millwall. It was. I'm not sure if it was in this kit. It might have been in the third kit, but we beat Millwall like six nil away, which is incredible. Beat Leeds four one, where Ziggich scored all four goals. It was absolutely mental. Um, we beat. I, remember, I don't know why I remember this game so well, but we beat Wolves one nil away in the FA Cup, and they were in the Premier League at the time. Uh, Wade Elliott scored really late on. Remember that was just like it just felt like the peak of like we just couldn't lose at all. Um, we had a great game. We played Crystal Palace at home. And we won 3-1. And I think we were 3-0 up within about half an hour. And we just, like, Chris Burke and Keith Fahey just scored these absolutely two just unreal goals. And it, it just felt like, you, you know, I mean, it's, you've probably got it at the minute with Villa, annoyingly, at your home games where you feel just completely untouchable, like no yeah. one can stop you. Had a lot of that this season in that sort of second half of the season. And it's a real shame that we kind of, um, we got played Blackpool in the playoffs semi-final. And we lost, I think it was 3-2 on aggregate even though the second leg was at home. And that was really, really frustrating because I remember Barry Ferguson had gone to Blackpool for that season and he just absolutely bossed that that two-legged tie. And I was like, I, literally that one player, if we hadn't sold him, I think we're, that's probably us going to Wembley. Um, but this season also was really famous because we played um, in the Europa League because we won the cup the year before. So, yeah, beat Bruges away 2-1, which is insane. Um I did my biggest probably regret as a Blues fan is I didn't get to one of the European away games. I wish I'd made, I, I kind of wish it had happened a few years later. I wish I'd been a bit older for it and could have gone and probably appreciated it a lot more. But I did get to go to the home game, so very grateful for that. The Bruges home game where we drew 2 2 when we were 2 0 down was like just electric. That was absolutely mental. Um, so yeah, great season, nice kit. Um, never saw XTEP again, they mysteriously disappeared. Um, probably the same yeah. with that sponsor. Yeah, yeah, no idea. Never saw them again either. Um, but yeah, great time, great season. Um, but yeah, so 2011, this kit was from. Nice one. So I think about you. You're wearing an away 
white and kind of it's not red, is it? Oh, it's claret. Yes. It's claret um, pinstripes. Claret badge. Kazoo is the sponsor. It looks like Kappa is the kit maker. It is a Kappa kit, yeah. It's fairly recent. Uh, I'm going to say 2020, mm, 2021 away. 2021, 2022. Correct. Oh, no, it's cool. Reference yeah, so this was the year where we celebrated, celebrated the 40th anniversary of winning the European Cup in 1982. Um, so there was a lot of rumours that we were going to have a European I'm 16 Cup. 16 weeks, we've got a reference to it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, um, so we're celebrating the 40th anniversary of when the, we won the European Cup. We was heavy speculation. We were gonna surely we were gonna have a remake of that winning kit, even though we did have one in 2015 randomly out the blue. Um, and alas, we did. Um, it's a very nice modern take on that kit, really. Um, uh, you know, Kappa. It's it's just a very solid kit. It ticks all the right boxes for me for an Aston Villa away kit. It's white um, as a traditional away colour, really. Um, the fit's good. It's got some really nice blue trim. I don't know if you can really see. Yeah, I can see that. And it's on the, waist, the back of the waistband, some claret and blue trim. Um, yeah, lovely kit. Season, um, wow. We started, we had a couple of good memories in this kit. We obviously won at Old Trafford in Dean Smith's last win as Aston Villa manager. We won 1-0. Courtney Horse with the winner. Um, uh, obviously, that was Dean Smith's last win, so that was very, very sad because he got sacked for uh, Stephen Gerrard a few weeks later, um, who's we had terrible away form with, but we did have a really good win at Burnley in this kit um, towards the back end of the season. But, I mean, otherwise, a largely forgettable season, um, which was mostly just remembered for selling Jack Grealish and sacking Dean Smith. And that's about it, really. Yeah, it was a, a step-back season, for sure. Yeah, I think we finished 14th in the league. Um, and we had to be the team that lost to Manchester City on the last day of the season for them to win oh, yeah. the Premier League title. You went um, to that game as well, didn't you? I was at that game. That was That was something. That that's a game I'll never forget. A weird game. Um, I've never seen seen a ground go from being so 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 quiet to so so loud in the space of like a few, like a, it was a five minute period, wasn't it, between the three goals? So yeah. Um, but yeah, and then they had the pitch invasion in front of us, and then we left. But yeah. Um, Strange, strange game. Um, and Robin Olsen played in goal that day as well. He did. Did he get? Um, did he get? Did someone sock him one as well? Uh, he took. A, yeah, someone punched him. I think. Yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah. Dear, oh dear. Yeah, but great kit, crap season. Let's talk about this season. Uh, yeah, I've had a few good, good kits, crap seasons. Don't worry about <laughs> that. <laughs> Got a collection of that. That's what we should call this segment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Shall we um, get into the games then? Lots yes. Yeah. Shall we briefly talk about the midweek ones? Um, I feel like I've probably got more to talk about than you. So should yeah. I get Blackburn away out of the way? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, we won't spend too long on it. Um, but yeah, we played Blackburn away on Wednesday, last Wednesday night. 
and uh, we lost four to Blackburn. Apparently, we've won once. A Black- I mentioned last week that we beat Blackburn about ten years ago, and Lee Novak scored. Apparently, that's the only time we've won there in the last fifty years. What? Mental. <laughs> we, apparently, yeah, and I can't think of another one. Considering like we play them a lot, they're a team we've shared divisions with a lot. That's absolutely mental, but it doesn't shock me either because we never seem to win there. You had them in um, the FA Cup last year as well. Yeah, we did. And we somehow got an even more boring draw this year with Hull away. Um, but yeah, um, apparently though, so I didn't actually get to see the game, but apparently we played pretty well in the first half. Apparently we had a lot, created a lot of chances. I think it was something like 29 chances across the game or something, which is a big improvement. Um, but the game was still nil-nil at half time, And in the second half, we've gone somehow in the space, you know, in a short period of time, we've considered three goals. And... John Ruddy's had a real howler. He's miles off his line for the first one and he's been dinked for it. He gets dinked again for the second one. But I'd argue the biggest issue is Emmanuel Iwu letting his man run, uh, not tracking him. And he's giving him the space to get the shot away. Ruddy's had an absolute howler for the third one. It's like a long-range shot and he's gone down to catch it. And it's, it was kind of like... Do you remember like... It's not the exact same, but it kind of reminded me of like Scott Carson for England or one of them, oh, you know, God, where the ball's yeah. just like... The ball's just ricocheted up and gone in the net. Um, Roy Carroll against Spurs all those years ago. Yeah, yeah it's one of your classic like howlers. Um, but then uh, we kind of got back in the game. So Ricky Dembele, who is capable of such great things, I think he's a terrific player for us. He scores two absolutely brilliant goals. The first one, he sort of like threaded it through the defender's legs, not made him, and then gone on a run and curved it past the keeper. And the second one's a really nice long-range shot that he's managed to get off. But then Blackburn score again late on, finishes 4-2. Um, yeah, disappointing, but we never seem to get anything at Blackburn. But I did say last week, I think I said last week anyway, um, if we can get anything at Blackburn, obviously circumstance depending, that's maybe okay. As long as we can get a win against Rotherham at the weekend. But we'll come on to that later. Um, yeah, interesting, some interesting selection choices and so on. But I'll maybe talk about that a bit more with the Rotherham game because I feel like it's as relevant there. And just to save myself repeating myself, save me repeating myself, I'll talk about it on the Rotherham game instead, I think. And yet more goals conceded as well. Leaky, yeah, leaky. I mean, the defensive record, yes, it's not good at all. Um, yeah, defensive record's very wobbly at the minute. That's four, first time we've conceded four in a game under Rooney. Um, but yeah, up to that point, we haven't kept a clean sheet under him. Yeah. And as I say, it's like individual errors a lot as well. Like, I oh, we letting his man run. Like, personally, personally, I it would, the defense, I would just go back to basics. Get, I'd maybe put Kevin Long back in. But yeah, worrying. One positive, the black kit looks great. Really like it. <laughs> great <laughs> so kit, crap season. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, that's what it's turning into, sadly. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, hopefully we can turn that around. Uh, but yeah. Talk a bit more in depth about it with the Rotherham games. It's a lot of the same uh, points I'll bring up and so on. Shall we get on to then the following night you played uh, Legia Warsaw in Europe? Uh, very eventful night by the sound of things. Very, very. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll talk it through from my point of view because I was at the game. Um, we were expecting, or at least I was expecting, along with I think a lot of other people, that, that uh, it was well reported that there was issues with allocation versus the number of fans coming over so legia had been had had their allocation reduced because of the trouble they caused 
not only when they played AZ Alkmaar a few weeks ago, but also when they played Leicester in the Europa League um, a couple of years ago, where they basically came, trashed the place and attacked a load of stewards um, and a load of people, a load of stewards and policemen to hospital. So they had their allocation slashed about 900 tickets, maybe just over a thousand tickets when they probably should have had at least double that. But they were bringing 3,000 fans anyway because, I mean, you know what it's like. They do the draw and everyone just books their travel. Heck, I've got my flights and accommodation for the Conference League final sorted. I won't even get a ticket. But regardless, I'm either having a holiday in Athens or I'm there for the final regardless. Um, So you've got all these fans coming over anyway and all of a sudden they've got their allocation absolutely slashed. Um, And there was... The, the main fan group for Legia is very much l- l- like aligned and in, not cahoots, but very much involved with the running of the club. And they're like ultras had kind of gone come over from Poland with this mantra of either all of us get in or none of us get in. Right. And it's important to make, point out Aston Villa didn't slash their allocation. It was a combination of the West Midlands police UEFA and the UK Safety Advisory Board. So Aston Villa Football Club had nothing to do with it. And there's a lot of tit for tat throwing between the two clubs of um Legia didn't accept say they were going to take accept any of their tickets until four o'clock on match day. And they're going back saying Aston Villa weren't helpful at all and they were not helping find a suitable compromise and all this rubbish. And all it sort of led to was um, a huge fight between the Legia Warsaw fans and West Midlands police in the run-up to kickoff. Now, as I said earlier, we I, I anticipated there could be a little bit of trouble before the game. And we were being told it was being dealt with like a second city derby. So you'll know this from a second city derby. Those are the days you get in the ground as early as you bloody can. Yeah, you don't so, mess about, yeah. Yeah, so we, me, and I went with my mum actually. I haven't been to a game with just my mum ever. I haven't been with a game. She hasn't been to a game since 2019. So that was quite nice. Um, but we were in the ground a good hour before kickoff. Um, so we didn't see anything kicking off. And 15 minutes before the game's starting, we've gone up to our seats and there's no away fans. Like, oh, that's weird. Well, where are the away fans? I was like, well, they'll all come just storming in and it'll be like a stampede coming through the concourse. And anyway, the teams then start walking out. Where's the away fans? And then I was like, well, blimey, that you wouldn't be happy if you missed the kickoff now, would you? Especially if you've flown all the way from Poland. And anyway, we scored after about three minutes, and there was this there's a great like it was a weird atmosphere because it was like a behind closed doors game. You know, we were expecting Legia to come and make an absolute racket, and the atmosphere was going to be great. And in a, in a stadium, the two two sets of fans they sort of feed off each other, don't they? Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's weird when you haven't got any in the one mm. part of the stadium. But there was a great moment where, like, we scored and it was great, and we're going like, "You're not singing anymore," and like, "Shall we sing a song for you?" and things like that, which was which was funny. Um, anyway, twenty minutes into the game, during the game, you could still see the police helicopter flying overhead, and like. So I knew their fans, they were either on, there was rumours they were on coaches, there was rumours they were in a car park or they were still around, they might have come around the back of the hole or something. Next thing, there's a bit of a racket and uh, there's fans walking past our part of the hole end and there's a big concrete wall 
that we couldn't see over because we were a bit tucked into the stadium and a bit lower. And uh, there's a lot of like, um, you've seen the villa now, F off home, and there's, you know, just that usual home fan banter. Yeah, of course. Yes. The next thing, stuff just starts getting lobbed into the stadium. Now, at the time, it's now that I've seen the videos, it all makes a bit of sense. But at the time, all I was seeing was stuff coming flying over the wall and a big mm-hmm. racket. And we were under the assumption that 3,000 Legia fans were all of a sudden outside this corner of the whole end, chucking stuff into the stadium. Turns out it was probably only about 30 people at most, really. But, you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing. And a, the poor burger van was raided and the ketchup and the mustard <sighs> was lobbed into the stadium. This poor lad got caped in in mayonnaise and I felt really bad for him. That's bad. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Funny, but bad. What crossed the line for me is when a glass bottle lands two meters in front of me. Um, very lucky that it didn't hit someone. It was incredibly fortunate that it's just landed in between. So the lower tier is sort of split into an basically an upper and lower of the lower tier. And there's a path that runs across um, across the stand. And so you can either get up or down into your seats and somehow it's landed there. I think there was another one that was chucked as well that landed a bit further up. Um, I don't, I don't know what happened with that one, so I'm not going to speculate really. Um, but yeah, that, that, that crossed the line. Um, and that did not feel very safe. No, um, and I, I, and like I was saying, you know, because we couldn't see over this wall, we didn't know how many were there and how many were chucking things. So it was scary. You're just seeing stuff being lobbed over. I spent a good five minutes watching a brick wall, sit, waiting for something to get chucked over it rather than watching the game. And so I actually missed, sort of missed the Legia Warsaw goal because I was looking at this wall and there was like this... <gasps> And I've turned mm. around and all of a sudden I've seen the ball bending into the top corner. <laughs> so it wasn't until I got home that I realized that Kamara had just given the ball away. Um, really poor, sloppy pass. And but the finish is top draw. Absolutely yeah. wonderful finish, Brian, um, from Mucci. Um but yeah, the second half was a lot calmer in terms of the fan stuff. So I mean, credit to West Midlands police because they did a, a very good job on a very difficult night and they kept us all as safe as they possibly could. And so, you know, they did a very good job in terms of the game. Very weird game. As I said, very weird atmosphere. Cause it's hard to, it, the atmosphere wasn't too bad really, given that there was no away fans. It's hard to, you know, in a game where like we needed to win, we kind of wanted to win by two. It wasn't the end of the world if we didn't, but we kind of wanted to, but um, we had no Ollie Watkins, who was a big miss. John Duran had a bit of a frustrating night. He was a bit of a menace, but he's all right, but he's not Ollie Watkins. Um, he's a good young player and he's got a lot of talent, but he's not Ollie Watkins. Yeah. And, um, you know, fair play. You know, our set pieces have been very good from this year. Austin McPhee is definitely earning his paycheck at the end of the month. And uh, Alex Moreno, who was an absolute menace all night down that left-hand side. He was brilliant on his return. Um, from hamstring surgery and he got himself the winning goal so we won 2-1 on the night we were so close to winning by that two goal margin where robin olsen of all people has pinged this beautiful ball over the top of the top of the legia warsaw defense and leon bailey's gotten behind in like the 87th minute chipped the goalie and it's hit the bar hit the line and bounced out and it just 
Oh, we're talking millimeters. It like to bounce on the line, you know. You know, we just if only we had a bit of look with goal line technology, Dan, you know. Oh uh, um, well, yeah, you've been short on that, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as I said, you know, it was a good win on the night. Um annoyingly we didn't get that two goal margin. And again, if we'd have kept a clean sheet like we haven't done in, I think it's nine games, might even be ten with a game that might happen that we might cover later. Um we would have guaranteed topping the group, um, but we have qualified regardless, and we just need to go to Mostar in a couple of weeks and get a point. We don't need to win the game. Um, so we can still rest some players. So I would still expect Robin Olsen to play, not Emmy Martinez in Mostar. I'd probably expect John Duran to start, not Ollie Watkins. So as long as we don't kind of take the piss, I think we'll be comfortable enough to get what we need to get over the line. And we're, we're finally above Legia now. And AZ, at least AZ are still fighting to qualify. If they go and beat Legia um, and beat them in the head-to-head, they can still qualify now. So at least that game's not a dead rubber. Um, so, and uh, after the trouble in, in the previous game between those two, I'm sure that'd be nice and feisty as well. For sure. Well, yeah, you've got to win and at least you're all safe and stuff. Nothing, nothing too, yeah. so in the end. One game some Legia Warsaw fans did get to, not many, but some. I don't know if you saw this. Um, <laughs> I did. They did get to the Blues-Rotherham game on Saturday. <laughs> that was one game they did get to, wasn't it? Right over here um, mm. in the Gilmerick, apparently. And someone else who got there was the uh, chairman of the advisory board, Tom Brady, flown in for the big game against Rotherham. Um, Do you reckon he enjoyed his no-fear football? Uh, I don't think he did, um, which is, well, I don't know. It's a sh- I, I just think it's, so for anyone who didn't see, we drew nil-nil. Rotherham, uh, like second bottom, they had only got one point away from home all season up to this point. So it's a rare team in the division that has a worse record, away record than us. Um, but yeah, Tom Brady had come over for it. Tom Wagner, um, the chairman, had come over for, had came over for it. And I say every week, but the game starts and they come out. And the flame for the fire things are going off, and the fireworks yeah, are going off. We had fireworks on Thursday night. That was wicked. I'm a big yeah, fan of I, that. I just think, like, yes, here we go. You know, they're over from America. We're putting on a show. The all of the pretty much all of the Gilmer and the, sorry, the Cup and the Tilton's open again now. We're playing one of the worst teams in the league. Um, let's put on a show, and that's kind of the exact opposite of what we did. So positives. Let's talk positives. First clean sheet under Rooney. That's positive. Way. Yes, it was against Rotherham of all teams, but I'll take it. It's a clean sheet. We did everything in our power to not <laughs> to not leave that game with a clean sheet. And I think Rooney was Rooney was bang on, I think, with a lot of his um he said I think in one of his interviews that we got complacent and that we were fortunate to get away with the point in the end. And I think he's absolutely right, and I'm kinda of glad he came out and said that. He called out some of the players as well, didn't he? He did, and he quite it's not something he's Scared to do really, um, yeah. Just an off day all round. Everyone had an off day. Even players who have been really, you know, positive for all of this season, like Jay Stansfield, for example. Not to dig him out, he just didn't have a very good game. Um, Ruddy, uh, kind of obviously skipped a clean sheet, but it's like it, again, not to make all these comparisons, but it's like when we had Zola there, and he's trying to get. I mean, when Zola was there, and we had like Thomas Kushak in goal, and like. Who did we have at centre back back then? Like, yeah, you know, just a team that wasn't built to the style that he was trying to do. 
And this was like similar. We've got John Ruddy playing out from the back. And there was probably the most dramatic moment in the game was when John Ruddy played the ball out in the second half to Ivu. And he's uh, had his pocket picked or he's tried to play the ball back. And um, the ball's been intercepted. And he's got the, the striker's got around Ruddy. And were it not for Deion Sanderson on the line, throwing his body on the line, blocking the shot, we'd have gone a goal down there just from... Great clearance. It was a great clearance. Uh, it, was, it was very good. I've seen some people say his arm, but I, I don't know. It looked fine to me. Um, and it was that sort of game. We didn't really create many good chances. Jukovic came off the bench and had a goal ruled out for offside. But it wasn't one of them like... I mean, I was down the other end, to be fair, but it's not. it wasn't one of them, you know... Uh, you know that having the goal ripped away from you, the heartbreak. Like I saw the flag away before the goal was scored. So, you know, that was one of them. Um, so yeah, just frustrating all round, very lacking creativity, you know, had more possession, but I would expect to have that against a team like Rotherham. So yeah, just a disappointment. It's it very interesting to see Tom Brady and Gary Cook, the CEO on Instagram the next day going to Man City Spurs. Obviously Gary Cook used to work at Man City and was involved in their project how they went from, you know, what they were to what they are now. Uh, so I, I quite, I actually quite like that. I quite like that. That's what they're, you know, they're taking Tom Brady to go and see and say, this is, don't know if we'll ever get to that level, but like, you know, that's what we're working <laughs> towards someday. Hope something like that. Um. So this is the thing I, I really want, and I still am 100% behind the whole Rooney thing. I really want it to work out, but he's been there eight games now. We've got one win and that was against bottom of the league. And, We'll get on to the next few games coming up, but our next few games are against, I think, Coventry away, Cardiff away, Leicester at home. Uh, our away, we've lost every away game since since in September, October, November. We lost every single away game. So you wouldn't really fancy us to get many points away from home at the minute, would you? And then Leicester are like absolutely running away with it. So, um, not to be a pessimist, but like <laughs> it's very it's very feasible that we won't get any points from them three games. I hope I'm wrong. But then, and, you know, then you're looking at like 10, 11 games and Rooney's got like a handful of points. It's like a, you know, we need things. So that needs to change. Um, very interesting to see. Also, another side note, Ethan Laird going off injured, really frustrating, only just got him back. And I think an upside to getting all these, sorry, the downside to getting a lot of good players in over the summer, like Laird, is that a lot of them are very injury prone. Like Laird's been in and out of the team a lot. Buchanan's been in and out. Um Keshi Anderson's been out for quite a while now, um, which is a shame because I really liked what I saw of him. Um, Tyler Roberts played the first game of the season against Swansea. Uh, he's just a missing man. I genuinely forgot he played for us. I saw his name somewhere <laughs> the other day and I was like, completely forgot he even played for us. Um, so that's a real shame. Um, so yeah, very frustrating. Yeah, we sound here, win your home games, draw your away games, strive for that. But Rotherham at home, you got to be beating Rotherham at home. That's, yeah. you know, in any circumstance. Um, interesting as well that we just couldn't score. We never looked like we were going to score. And he still wouldn't bring Scott Hogan on. Don't know what's going on there. I don't mind because I think Hogan has been... His pressing's very good and all this and that, but I can only tolerate so much of him spurning big chances <laughs> and spurning one-on-one. So I'm not against it completely. But... Um, yeah, he didn't start. He played Jukovic up front instead against Blackburn. Um, and he didn't play Hogan at all against Rotherham. So that was really interesting. He seems to be very out of favour. So I wouldn't be shocked if we maybe 
don't see much of him for the rest of the season and maybe even in January, who knows, could he be on his way possibly? So yeah, weekday at the office. Yeah, weekday at the office, I'd say. A week, week in the office. Yes, uh, not for the first time. Uh, yeah. later. But um, try and get on to some more positive stuff later in the housekeeping section. I'll talk a bit about um, uh, sort of the Blues Open House Forum stuff and some positive stuff in the bigger picture going on at the club and try and put this all into a bit of context, hopefully. So we'll get onto that later. But shall we move on to uh, your weekend game? You played Bournemouth in the Premier League on uh, Sunday. Yesterday, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll try and keep it relatively brief. Um, We were not great, is the the end of it. We looked leggy, we looked a bit tired. Um, You know, a bit, you know, Bournemouth have been rubbish for most of the season, but in the last three, three or four games, they've really seemed to turn a corner. And, you know, you can never pick when you play a side or when you, you know, and this was a point where you probably didn't want to play Bournemouth at the moment. They've just sort of found their feet a little bit as well as you probably wanted, wanted to play them in the first like seven games of the season. Um, it is what it is. Um, but um, yeah, we, it's really weird because in the opening 10 minutes, we started the first like three minutes terribly. Then we really grew into the game and we were probably the better team for the rest of that opening 12 minutes. And then we conceded. And it was like sort of against the run of play and a, a goal. It was almost like a carbon copy of the goal against Legia Warsaw where we're trying to play out from the back and we, Diego Carlos just passes it to Ryan Christie. And because we're, we're playing out from the back, we're quite open at the back because we're in possession of the ball. So... You know, the fullbacks are starting to push up. The centre-backs are out wide. So to just pass the ball out and give it away in the middle of the park, you were just completely exposed and just one through ball directly down the middle of the pitch. And um, Antoine Semenyo was in and scored. Um, it's a really poor goal to concede, especially because it's so similar to the one we conceded against Legia. Um, not going to criticise it too much because I remember speaking about this weeks ago, you know, Playing out from the back will give you so many positives at this level and so many goals, and it's made us the team we are. We will make mistakes, and it will go wrong. It's just incredible that it's happened. The exact same thing happened in, like, two games in the space of, like, three or four days. Um, It is what it is. We spoke last week about Bubakar Kamara being being suspended, and we did really miss him. The midfield just never seemed to look right all game, really. Uh, We played... Louise and Telemons, which I was a bit surprised about. I thought Telemons would play, but I thought McGinn would drop into that double pivot, um, much like he did when Kamara was missing at the back end of last year, and it did really work. I know McGinn's better out wide and more attacking, but he can play in that defensive role, and I think he probably would have been better there, and it would have got the best out of Yuri Telemons that we have been seeing in the last few weeks with him a bit more advanced. So that's the that was the one thing that I wasn't too sure about. And Nicolo Zaniolo really had a stinker in that first half, really, really struggled. Um, he reminds me so much of when Leon Bailey arrived at Villa Park. He's a player that you can see has got a lot of ability. And, you know, he's an Italy international. He was a, he was a Jose Mourinho's man at Roma um, when they won the Conference League. So there is a good player in there. He just reminds me of Leon Bailey in that if he just focused on doing the simple stuff and get the, you know, 
just play the simple ball and move, pass and move. He'd be a much he'd he'd find himself find a gear. He's a player that's just trying too hard to make something happen instead of just like there was a moment where he picked the ball up and he sort of cuts inside and you've got Ollie Watkins making this run. All he's got to do is slide the ball to Watkins because the defense is all following him and Watkins has got a one-on-one and yet he tries, to, he basically just runs all the way to the corner flag in the end because he can't get a shot off and he can't find, he's missed the opportunity to make a pass and the chance has gone. Um, so Leon Bailey was like that where he just try and do it all himself and would lose the ball. And he has he does he's done the complete opposite this year. He's been a complete different player. And he scored the equalizer. Wonderful goal where he's picked the ball up, cut inside, bang, into the back of the net. And that's the sort of Leon Bailey that we saw in the compilation clips a few years ago when he was at Bayer Leverkusen. Um and he's having a really good season. He's been mostly off the bench. I think I said last week he was deserving of a start in at least one of the games this week. And he did deserve his start and he got himself a goal and he had a really good first half. We then, um, I think just before in the build up to that, Semenyo got booked for gobbing off to the referee straight after the kickoff of Leon Bailey's goal. He's gone and clattered into him and there's no second yellow. Yellow card every day of the week, and if he hadn't been booked, he would have been booked. Re- referees and the are referee, so weak for that. Yeah. they just completely bottled it. Mm. And anyway, the free the free kicks come in, great ball in, and it's been sort of dinked down by Luca Dean, pinged around, and Diego Carlos has tapped it in. Two one, two goals in two minutes. Right, we're on track, and then it's been ruled out by VAR after five minutes later, um, and. I mean, I said this a few weeks ago. I mean, offside is relatively, I don't like, none of us like the sort of armpit offsides, but you've got to draw a line somewhere. The semi-automated offsides, I don't care if it's mid-season, just bring them in. Yeah. Genuinely, like it's going to save everyone so much like stress and anger. We'd have had a decision within 15 seconds. Just bring it in. Yeah. And it is so close and it is hard to tell whether where the line is because Luca Dean's foot is in the air and because the camera isn't even dead on, it's like out here. You're never going to get the right angle for those really tight ones. So the sooner those semi-automated offsides come in, the absolute better, really. We went in at 1-1. I re- we made a change, Zaniolo for Ramsey. Ramsey for Zaniolo, sorry. Um, and we were just not at it in the second half. Really, really poor. Um Jacob Ramsey, you know, he's been out for months. He's lacking match fitness. He didn't really impact the game. I would have expected Zaniolo for Diaby, maybe. That was probably the change. Diaby found, found his form in midweek, got himself a goal against Legia. Um, he did come on. And then he got the assist. We conceded straight after half time. So, like we were saying earlier on in the season, goals at the start of halves. And we sort of got rid of it. And now we're bam, we're back with it again. Both halves, two early goals where we just gave the ball away and get cut open. Um, but Diaby came on, put in a great cross, and Ollie Watkins with an absolutely brilliant header in the 90th minute to get ourselves a point that we really didn't deserve. You know, another, another day, you know, Semenya gets sent off. The goal, the VAR draws the line maybe slightly differently and the goal stands We're 2-1 up and we probably win the game 3-1 or something, you know. Um but that's not how the game went. And we were really poor in the second half. And 
a point. It's a point that feels like a win. Um, it's sure. a it's definitely a point gained in a game that we should have won. It's a point gained because we played really badly. Um, yeah, it feels like that's this away form is probably what's going to stop you hitting like these like stratospheric heights this season. Yeah. You know, um, it's why we won't win the Premier League, and it's why we no, might yeah. not finish in the top four. <laughs> sure. You know, um, but you know, there's time in the season to turn it around. You know, um, yeah, and work out why. Yeah. And that will lead us nicely into this week, which is probably the biggest week of the season for us. But we'll talk about the Blues Open House Forum first. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, cool. So, um, nice one. So, this was a, a week ago tonight, I believe. Um, so, we're recording on Monday, so it would have been last Monday, obviously. Um, so, yeah, we'll just get a bit into this. And important to mention, I think, because obviously have been quite negative about the on-pitch stuff with Blues at the minute. But what the club did was they basically they hosted this open house forum night where they invited various fan groups i believe down and hosted a big event basically so like obviously i, I wasn't there but um they put it on they put sections of it on blues tv on youtube and so on so you could watch like the introduction section and then the q a section at the end so the idea was basically creating a continuing to create the connection between the new owners and the fans Obviously, that was something with the last owners that was non-existent. So it's very important to you know keep building on this. And I believe what it was was that different um, different suites at St Andrews would be a different presentation. You'd think you'd sit down there, just be a Q and A or a quick chat or a pres- uh, yeah, a PowerPoint presentation. But instead, it was basically it looked like it was in each suite. You could you there would be in groups the crowd, and each group would go into a different suite at a time and see a presentation by a different member of the leadership team at Blues. So, for example, Wayne Rooney had one. Uh, Hope Powell, who is the technical director of the women's team, obviously used to be the England women's manager, now working at Blues. And so this that section of it wasn't available to watch online, I don't believe, or at least I haven't seen it anyway. But the stuff that you, I, I have seen on YouTube was um, the introduction over Zoom by Tom Wagner and then Gary Cook's uh, part of the speech and then the Q&A with Gary Cook so first of all really positive in general that they're doing something like this and that it's not and it's the first of many by all accounts it is really helping to create a connection between the fans and the owners and also just the effort that they went to to do this different actually having Rooney there helping the fans maybe understand what he's trying to do a bit more sections on the women's team and so on showing that the plan isn't just for the first team like I think under the previous owners it Seemed like it very much was um, before they stopped even caring about that. Um, and lots of interesting little tidbits of information. They talked a lot about driving revenue at the club and how there's something like their annual turnover in revenue is like 50 million behind the best performing team in the championship. And they were saying how all their stats show that teams that get out of the championship are the teams with the highest revenue and they have to, what they're doing to increase their revenue. And it was interesting things like, Last, I think, was it last year or the year before? They said something like Blues had the seventeenth highest level of revenue income in the championship, and we finished seventeenth. The team that had the lowest level of income in revenue finished bottom. The team that had the highest or the second highest won the league. They're saying these are all clear facts that are there, and this is what we have to work towards and getting sponsors on board. And that's clearly why they're trying to include people like Tom Brady and so on, and probably partially with Rooney as well. Um, and, it, and it's why sorry. we see the teams that drop down from the Premier League bouncing and yo-yoing so much yeah. at the moment as well. Yeah, of course. 
Uh, absolutely. And they talked a bit about how teams that get out, apparently a lot of Rooney's section was about how teams that statistically get out of the championship are teams that dominate possession and how that's what he's, that's what they've got to try and emulate. Um, and interesting stuff they talked about, kind of hinted at plans for the stadium. They asked, they were asked questions about that and they said, you know, this is a 10 year project and revenue is the big driver and match day income is a, they didn't outright say, yeah, we're going to move stadium eventually, but it's clearly highly implied in my opinion was, was what they were getting at. Um, and I thought they just spoke really well. Like Gary Cook, I, I think he does maybe, I don't know, I wouldn't even say divide, maybe he does divide opinion. I think some people with the whole Rooney thing have, have kind of targeted him a little bit for it, but he talks very well, in my opinion. And as a Blues fan, I think he does, I, I think he does have the interest, you know, the best interest of the club at heart. Um, and I think, I, yeah, I just like the way Wagner and, and Cook both spoke and the way, Wagner said a very interesting piece where he said, the only time I've been disappointed with the Birmingham City fans since I joined here was the whole City game because I could have had a pin drop in there. Uh, so that was Rooney's first home game. That's a really interesting thing to hear your new owner come out and say. Uh, like disappointed, I think was the word he used. And he said, like, bring the noise. We need to create like this, we need to create this real hostile atmosphere, create this um, atmosphere to match our ambition at the club and I think he's kind of I do think he's right to come out and say it's an unusual thing to hear your owner come out and say I've said about how the atmosphere's not been great lately but I appreciate that it goes hand in hand with the results and so on but no it just and felt the, like a, and there was a lot of that game in particular as well obviously is off the back of sacking the popular manager yeah yeah of course for the name yeah sure no absolutely and yeah and eight games in it's not going great but I think it was just interesting to watch and I would recommend people do watch it if they can. Um, because for all the negativity at the minute, it really reminded me of the positive things that are going on at the club at the minute. And this is just part of a bigger picture. And these people do, and I've said it here on here before, it's about just getting through this period, hopefully, and getting towards a bit of consistency, improving results, and improving performances. Because I do genuinely believe the general future of the club is very, very bright. And I believe for a first open house forum it was quite it was very encouraging so I, I took a lot of positives from what i from what i saw and they mentioned things like there's going to be funds available in the summer increased funds within profit and sustainability regulations a lot just a lot of stuff you want to hear to be honest um so yeah encouraging encouraging it's the level of like detail that goes such a long way with fans mm. um yeah you know, to be able to effectively, if you're one of that group of, I don't know, 50 people in a room where the manager sits down and goes, explains why he's doing certain things and what his philosophy is and why he wants to do certain things. That's like, that's almost like money can't buy sort of experience, mm. really. And obviously, it is a money can buy experience, but you know what I'm saying. No, completely. And another interesting thing Cook said about, he sort of talks about the scale of the challenge. And he said they got there and things like, you know, um, the heating didn't work, the coffee machines didn't work, like the groundsman didn't have a lawnmower to cut the grass. And, like, the floodlights. The floodlights. Flood oh, we've got new floodlights now. We've got new floodlights. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and things like, you know, I don't, know if you, I don't know if he was just using it as an analogy or if it was, it wouldn't shock me though if it was a genuine literal thing. Things like they were, didn't have any white paint to paint the lines on the pitch <laughs> like wouldn't drop me at all if that's not just an analogy and so yeah put it all into perspective the scale of this challenge and then 
Gary Cook's taking Tom Brady to the Man City game and saying, you know, this is what we're striving for by all accounts. So encouraging. I think it's a lot to be excited about. Got to keep the bigger picture in mind. But anyway, um, do you have any housekeeping on your end, on the Villa end? Uh, not this week. Wonderful. Shall we? Uh, oh, oh, well, we've got, we've got Middlesbrough away in the FA Cup and I hope I get a ticket. And I hope we don't uh, get knocked out in the third round for the eighth season in a row. Is it really that many years? Seven in a row? The last time we won in the third round of the FA Cup was the year we got relegated. We've been knocked Whoa, out in the okay. third round every single year. Wow, I thought our record was bad. We got Hull away, probably the worst draw we could have hoped for. A team in our division away that we never win at. Yep, definitely not going to that one. Yeah, should we get into the upcoming games for this week then? Yes, so as I said, this is probably the biggest week of our season so far. And by the end of it, we'll have a good idea of roughly what we're fighting for this year. Um which is exciting, but it's also a bloody terrifying section of games. I remember when the fixture list come, came out and I saw this week, I went, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so we've got Manchester City on Wednesday and then Arsenal on Saturday. Uh, it, so have you got Man City this, this coming Wednesday on the 6th? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, quarter past eight kickoff on Amazon Prime because um, they'll have a game at half seven and so oh, when that hits yeah. half time you can start the first yeah, half yeah. of our game yeah. um, huge game huge huge game um, I'm really gutted I can't go because I really want to be I'd really love to go to this game um, there's no Rodri there's no Jack Grealish and there might not be any Jeremy Doku but yeah, so Rodri is really what makes them tick. I mean, they're obviously an, an incredible team without him, but they have tended to struggle without him. So he's going to be a big, big loss. And there's no Matthias uh, Nunes either, who is kind of like their Rodri replacement. So we might get Calvin Phillips making a start in the Premier League. That'd be pretty wild. Um, yeah, plant, huge his, game. Book his seat on the plane to Germany with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm I'm intrigued to see how we line up. I, I think it'll be like Kamara, uh, the midfield and the forward line. I can kind of imagine it'll be Louise Kamara, McGinn, maybe Jacob Ramsey. Maybe it'd either be Ramsey or Bailey, and then DRB and Watkins up front. The back four, I don't know. I I can't work out whether he'll play Moreno or Luca Dean, and I don't know whether he'll play Matty Cash or Diego Carlos. I think I'd play Matty Cash. And have a traditional back four. That's what I'd do. But I trust Unai Emery, whatever decision he makes. Um, it's a game that's really exciting, but I'm also dreading it. Score prediction? Job prediction? I did my oh, Super yeah. Six today. Oh, so yeah. I'll give you the same prediction. I put 1 1. <laughs> okay. Bless him. <laughs> fair enough. Because we won't keep a clean sheet, but I'm to be fair, they're not in great form. Score. They're not in great yeah. form for them, are they, to be fair? And if Spurs can get a draw against them with all their injuries, you never know. Yeah. I, I think um, we'll definitely score, but I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet. I think it'll be a really good game. I don't know if the ticker can take it. <laughs> and your second game is against... Uh... Second game is Arsenal on Saturday yeah. at half five. So I might as well rattle through that one as well. If the ticker survives the Man City game, I don't know if it'll get through the Arsenal game as well. Um, but yeah, two games that they're both at Villa Park, they're both at home. Um, Arsenal won't 
be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. I can't remember the last time we beat Arsenal. The last time we beat Arsenal at home with fans, God knows when that was. Um, we obviously beat them twice at home in two lockdowns. Um, so maybe get Trezeguet back for this one game. And uh, sure. no, I think that one will be close. I think we'll win that game. I'm I, I'm quietly confident that we'll beat Arsenal a two-one or a three-two or something. Very interesting. Yeah, big Friday, big Saturday night game. That I should say. Uh, should Not interested. a Sunday. Not a Sunday. Yeah, blimey! Wow. Um, cool. Uh, we are playing. We're on Friday night. You're actually. making. You're going. You're going to this game on Friday. You're making yeah. the long, hard slogging trek on a Friday night. All yes. the way halfway across the country to go from you, Bromsgrove to Coventry. You say this. I agree. It's not far, but <laughs> I'm in work at 6 a.m. on Friday. I'm back in work at 6 a.m. on Saturday, going to the game on the evening. 40 quid a ticket. Outrageous. 20's plenty. Come on. Championship. Sort, yeah, sort it out. It's on Sky as well. That's Come on. Sort it out, guys. Um, but yeah, Coventry away. Going to the Rico. Um, weird. I have technically been to Coventry away before, <laughs> but it was that nil nil. Oh no, no, I went to the Killers there last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, but I went uh, when we played Coventry away. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> when they were at St Andrews. And at St Andrews. <laughs> yeah, Jefferson Montero, the most unfit footballer I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah, it's on Sky. Uh, we haven't picked up a single point away from home. I think since we beat Bristol City away in August. Uh, which was on like our second podcast. This is episode 16. So yeah, put that into context. Um, I, I think that's right. So we're a couple of places above them in the league, but I think they'll see us as there for uh, for the taking at home. Um, uh, a draw, I'd take a draw, but I can't see us keeping a clean sheet. I think we'll score. I think we'll score. I'll have an optimistic 2-2. It's my prediction. But... Let's get Stansfield in, get Miyoshi, get Dembele, get him on the pitch, get play Bakuna slightly higher up. Play Jordan, I'd start Jordan James with Bielik in the midfield. I'd put Kevin Long back in personally. Sweet. Wonderful stuff. Should we call it a night, Dan? Because yeah, we're going to run out Zoom of time. About to end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. cool. um, wonderful. If you have enjoyed this week's podcast, you can follow us on Twitter and TikTok. Yeah, there's a load of new TikToks that went up. Um, and I think they went on YouTube as well this week. So go check them out. Loads of them. Go go and give them all the views and likes you want. Um, go and subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on. Or subscribe if you're on YouTube as well. If you're watching us, what do you think of the shirts? Um, yeah, and five-star reviews, the whole lot. Lovely. You can follow us with the handle as well, Second City Pod. Wonderful. Cal, same time next week, mate. Same time next week. I think it's another double game week again. Oh, yeah. Just look forward to it. Wonderful stuff. Uh, But, yeah, same time next week, Dan. Uh, Have a great weekend. Up the villa. Keep it on, mate. See you next time.